Blog Talk Radio. Things. And, and one of the, the list. 
Huh? I'm, I'm sorry, I was saying the list keeps growing. <laughs> right. And, and one of the things I admired about you, reading your bio, is you mentioned you weren't the model type but still wanted to be involved in the plus industry. Do you feel the plus community is so saturated with modeling that sometimes it loses focus on the bigger picture? Yes, I actually do feel that way, and that's one of the reasons why I'm all, and that's one of the reasons why I included that in my bio, and it's one of the reasons why I say that you can support this industry from in front of the camera or behind it because both roles are equally important. Right, exactly. Now, one of the first things you did um, to be a part of the community is start a blog. Now, tell me about your blog, The Curvy Spot. Uh, the Curvy Spot was started back in 2009 with a great friend of mine, Nicole Reynolds. Um, we wanted to do something different. Both of us are active shoppers. That's what we love to do. Like most women, we shop and we hang out like we're party girls. So we wanted to be able to provide people with an outlook to say, hey, you may not feel comfortable going to a straight size club, but you still want to hang out and you still want to be comfortable where you go. That's one of the reasons why I work with BBT because that's a movement that they support. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Nicole lived in L.A. and I lived in Philadelphia. So oh, Nicole to, is, do I know Nicole in L.A.? Well, she used to live in L.A. She lives out here now. I think we you met her at the Lane Bryant Fashion Night Out last year. Okay, okay. And she worked, and she also worked with the Curve. It was a group that was out there called Curvy Nights or something. I okay. Don't get me wrong about that. Don't confuse okay. the name. I'm not for sure, but um, and she did some work with Torrid. But either she would come out to out to New York to party, or I would go out to LA. So we was like, you know what? Let's just start a blog and give people an outlook to say, hey, here's the sales, here's what's going on, and here's where you need to wear your great looks at. And that's how the Curvy Spot was born. So what type of uh, blog posts are on the Curvy Spot? What kind of topics? Everything we do. We have we have the, the Hanging Out Corner, which tells you about plus-size events and parties, um, which is, includes nightlife, fashion shows, model calls. We also have a sales section. So if we have every Friday we take and we say, okay, these are all the stores that's having a sale. Here's the code you need for the sale. If you need to print out the coupon, here's the link to the print out to the coupon. Oh, and this is what the popular trends are. So hey, let's do this. Um, and when we also do makeup, we link to YouTube videos. Um, and we also, if we see other great articles or other blogs or other plus size magazines, we link back to those as well. Okay, awesome. So that's a great resource for the community. Yes, now, and the Curvy Spot was actually awarded to the Full Figure Fashion Week Fashion Front for 2012. So we're excited all about right. that. All right, so your blog is really active in the community. Yes, it is. Now tell me about your um, public relations coordinating for Bigger and Better Things. You mentioned that briefly already. I joined the BBT family, well, it's affectionately known as BBT, Uh um, back in 2010. At the time, there was just so much going on in the community with parties, that when you mention a BBW party, you know, the BBW cliche always, people always associated, you know, with the adult entertainment industry. Right. A lot um, of those that, parties aren't, you know, really classy. Yes. And what Mike, Mike, Michael Belgrave is the founder and president of They're Going Better Things, and he just wanted to make sure that his company was not associated or, or had the wrong image. So in order to portray that, he decided to, you know, to take it in a step in a new direction. So we upgraded the website. Mike is really into giving back to the community. Um, so we set up different community service activities. We started giving the parties things just to set it apart for what everyone else is doing for BBW parties. Um, one thing he really wanted to do was remove the title BBW from the event. Mm-hmm. So now when people refer to BBT in their parties, they're known as plus size events. Just okay. to let you know that, hey, this isn't a one-stop shop for a fetish. BBT is here to support the community. Now, you mentioned um, charity is a big part of that organization, and tell me some of the uh, charitable organizations that you've helped uh, with the with the events. Every year, at, and our November party is known as the Red and Black Party. That's also Mike's birthday party. It's one of the biggest parties BBT has every year. Because it always falls on Thanksgiving weekend because we party the last Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we do we do our annual Toys for Tots drives for St. Dominic's Homeless Shelter in the Bronx, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, we collect about between 100 and 150 toys, which can give kids a great Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. We also do soup kitchens. Um, we do the New York City AIDS Walk every year. So for over the last five years, we've done the New York City AIDS Walk. We've raised over $5,000 for that. Um and we also, this year, which we're really excited about with BBT, and actually Curvetil is actually teaming up with BBT on this, is NASA, who is the National Association for the Acceptance of Fat, the National Association for the Advancement of Fat Acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, they team up with the Long Island Community Center, and they offer a prom boutique, which the Long Island Community Center has actually been doing that for about three or four years now. Mm-hmm. The problem that they ran into is that with the prom boutique, they, they do a clothing drive so that way students who are underprivileged can still go to prom. Unfortunately, they they turn away a lot of girls every year because they don't have anything to fit them. Mm-hmm. So the public relations coordinator for NASA reached out to Mike and asked if BBT can actually host a clothing drive in New York City to have so we're we're tagging out for all of our businesses, our networks, all of our friends. We all could I don't know about everyone else, but you know how we always buy that special dress and we right. wear it to a fashion show or a party. Once you take ten thousand pictures in a dress for that one night, you don't really want to wear it again. Because you're like, right. ah. <laughs> especially right. something that's and really And I think it's on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I can't and somebody always knows you had that dress on before. <laughs> Even if you accessorize it different, you add a belt. Somebody's like, that looks like the same dress she wore last year, and they know the exact event and everything. Right. So what we're doing is we're saying, hey, you know that dress that you had in your closet for two years that you're not going to wear again? Why don't you donate it to a high school junior or senior who can really use it and let her go on prom? And that's going to take place on April the 21st in New York City. Well, that's fabulous, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of uh, great work, um, you know, for the community, so that is awesome. Now, tell me, how did you learn about and get involved with Project Curve Appeal? When we first started the blog, uh, I I would just scour the Internet looking for something to write about. Because, you know, when you're a blogger, especially when there's two of us writing on the blog, sometimes it can get repetitive. And it was like, oh, I wanted to find something new and exciting to work about, to write about. And it was around Christmas time, and we was like, I came across Project Curvetil because in Atlanta because they were doing an event. Mm-hmm. And I emailed over to the director because I tend, I don't like to post about stuff unless I give someone a heads up. It's okay, you know, to use their images. She said sure, so I posted it on the blog, but that drew me in it interest wise. Because I was like, oh, wow, this sounds like a really great organization. I wonder how come I haven't, you know, really heard about it a lot. Then I realized they were more, you know, Southern-based. And mm-hmm. I just started following the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I would teeter-totter back and forth. Do I want to join? Do I not want to join? Can I commit to this? And then finally I was talking to a friend of mine last year, and he was like, if you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it. I don't know what you keep debating about it for. It'll be a great look. Go ahead and do it. So – I took the plunge, I decided to join the organization, and I haven't looked back since, and I love it. And not only have you joined the organization just as a member, but you've become a city movement manager and owner of the New York chapter. So tell us, what does that mean, a city movement manager? As city movement manager, that means our wonderful director, Beth, Mm-hmm. She has entrusted in me that she believes that I can lead this chapter into being successful and, and following the philosophy that they have set forth for Project Curve Appeal, living a healthy and active lifestyle, promoting confidence, giving back to the community. Um, I oversee all of the managers from New York City Project Curve Appeal and the FOCA. The FOCA are also known as our face of Project Curve Appeal, and they are like our spokesmodels. Those are, those are the, the ladies that you see on our flyers, on our website. They're the ones that you see speaking at our public engagement event. And you're the owner of the, the New York chapter. So what does that mean? Are the chapters like franchise out? That that would be the best way to explain it. Right now, Project Curbertville has 17 chapters, including New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our national directive, but then we have the local laws that we have to abide by. So it's the chapter's owner's responsibility to make sure that we're following the local laws and also following the national directive under the organization as well. 
Okay. And in New York City, you're doing great things with the chapter because you have an upcoming event called Finding Your Curve Appeal Panel Discussion and Shopping Soiree. Now, tell us about this event. Oh, I'm so excited about this event. We wanted to do something different, but at the same time, something that New Yorkers love. One thing we love in New York is, one, we love to talk and we love to shop. Right. So I so what I decided was I was like, you know what? I've worked in this industry for quite some time. I've I've built an amazing network. And it's because of this network I've been able to grow in the industry and I just wanted to be able to do something and say, Hey, let's give back to those who are trying to come up behind, who are coming up in this industry now. I have so many friends or so many women that inbox me, hit me on Twitter, send me emails and say, Hey, I wanna be a model. What do I need to do? How do I find out about casting calls? And I always tell them, you need to follow the people who are leading this industry. Mm-hmm. So when we decided to do an event, I was like, let's combine both aspects. Um, so, so we decided to host a roundtable discussion. Mm-hmm. That's where our panel discussion is going to be. It's not going to be like a town hall meeting. I don't want it to, it's not going to be really formal. It's going to be like an open discussion. So when we sat down as a chapter, we said, okay, who would, people, who would we want to hear people talk? And I was like, you know what? So we had a long list, and we just kept narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down. And I love the people that we chose, and we reached out to them, and they they were all eager. We had no one that turned us down for this opportunity. And that's what I love about this community, because we are so supportive of each other. Right. Now tell us who are the panelists that are going to be uh, at this event. Okay. We have Plus Model Asia Monet. Mm-hmm. Um, who, as a lot of people remember, she um, she has she's very into promoting self confidence. Um, I actually met Asia two years ago when she did a Lane Bryant. She hosted a Lane Bryant event. Uh, oh, a Lane Bryant event. <laughs> right. Um, during Full Circle Fashion Week 2010, um, where she talked about breast cancer and self breast check. She talked about confidence. So we have Asia Monet. We also have Miss Jeannie Ferguson. Um, Jeannie is a plus model and runway coach. She's most known for her role on Rip the Runway because she's so little. So when you see her, you be like, she models? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted Jeannie to do this, um, because she's not the standard model type. Neither is Asia. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you know, when you talk about the industry, you talk about plus size modeling, you know, technically it starts at a size eight. Um, But so many of us push for more curvier, more models that look like us. Right. And that's one of the reasons why we chose Madeline Figueroa Jones from Plus Model Magazine, the editor-in-chief. Right. Because when you talk to Maddie, she's one of the people that is so passionate about the plus size community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never a time when I've had a conversation about Maddie with Maddie that it wasn't uplifting and positive, saying, hey, you know, I can give you direction on this. Anytime I've reached out to her, she's always answered my questions open and honestly. And I know that's something that she always does when people ask her questions as well. Right. So Maddie's going to be on the panel. And we also have Brandon Bluecoat. Um, Brandon is the brand manager for Monique's Plus Size Design. So whenever you see Monique's fabulous photo shoot, Brandon is one of the, the creative directors that's behind her styling. So we decided to bring Brandon out as well. Because when you think of finding your curve appeal, it's, we're talking fashion, we're talking confidence, we're talking modeling. We want to give everybody what you need to know to be in front of the camera or behind it or just to live your everyday life as a curvy girl. Well, the panel sounds fabulous. I wish I lived a little closer so I could be there. <laughs> I'm excited about this panel because I've talked to all of these people on an individual basis, mm-hmm. but just to have them all in one room. And right. Just, I know that the ideas is going to come out, the advice that they're going to give. This is going to be like one of, not just because it's our event, <laughs> but I really think this is going to be an amazing networking event. So I'm already telling everybody, like, definitely come if, come with your networking, come with your business cards, come with your comp cards, not necessarily for the panelists, but amongst each other, because the best way to grow within this community is to network amongst each other. Right. Now, are there tickets still available to the event, and can you pay at the door? You will be able to pay at the door. However, we are offering advanced tickets. So if you go to the New York City Chapter's website, is 
on PinkCitySisterhood.com and then it's forward slash New York, there's a link to buy advanced tickets. Now, while we are selling tickets at the door, advanced tickets have priority seating. Okay. So that's one thing I'm definitely stressing to everyone because ticket sales are moving pretty quickly uh, for this event, and we are having it at Pearl Studios in New York City. So anyone who's ever been to New York and been to Pearl Studios, they know that we we can hit capacity, and once we hit capacity, I can't really say, like, oh, you're going to be able to get in a panel discussion. Um, the panel discussion, the doors are going to open at 4.15. The panel is going to start at about 5, and that's on Saturday, March 31st. And are you still looking for vendors and sponsors for the event? Yes. Vendors, we definitely are. We, we, right now we have four vendors. Um, we are accepting more vendors. Um, we are trying to make sure our vendors are relative to the Curvy community because we want them to tie into the whole Finding Your Curvy Field event. Um, for vendors and sponsorships, they can send us an email, and our email address is nycurveappeal at gmail.com. Now, if somebody is interested in joining uh, your New York chapter, how do they go by doing so? They can go to pinkcitysisterhood.com forward slash F-O-C-A-A-P-P, and that stands for FOCA app. When you go to that page, it tells you the history of the organization. It gives you the stuff that you need to complete your application. There's also a link there for which position is right for you. Because a lot of people, especially if you're like me, when I first decided to join Project Curvetail, I wanted to be a folk. Mm-hmm. Now, although you, everyone always hears me say, oh, I'm not really in the modeling, but I wanted to join this organization. I said, you know what, I think I'll be a great folker. Mm-hmm. I actually got accepted to be a folker. And it was actually during that interview process and talking to Beth, I guess like my leadership qualities came out, and she was like, you know what, I think you should do this. And with in that time frame, I had moved into the senior business manager position. So one thing that I stress to young ladies, or can we have different levels of focus? Focus can be anywhere from 18 to 50. If you want to be a focus, this is the requirement. Um, you know, you have to be courageous. You have to have confidence. You have to be comfortable speaking in front of crowds. Um, you have to be comfortable with your image on the website. We also, it's maybe being a focus isn't for you. Then you can be a sisterhood member. Um, we also have general members. Um, our management positions are right now for New York City are already filled because I'm the city movement manager, and then we also have Denise Bristol, who is our model manager. Mm-hmm. So right now we're really focusing on bringing in more faces of Project Curveville and sisterhood members to the chapter because I feel like in New, like we're in New York City and to have such an amazing sisterhood. Like me and, me and the ladies, we hang out, we, like, we go to museums, we go for walks, we talk on the phone for hours at a time. And if you're someone who just loves having that sisterhood bond, then this is definitely a great organization to join. And do you have anything else coming up we can be on the lookout for? Are you going to be having events more often in New York City? Yes, we do. I can just, if you follow us on, we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash NYFOCA. Um, and we'll also have our Pink City Sisterhood website, which is www.pinkcitysisterhood.com. We always keep our upcoming events listed on our chapter page. Um, right now we're actually in the in the process of organizing. We have to do Commit to Be Fit on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Normally our Commit to Be Fit events are more personal. We do them just amongst our chapter members. Um, but we've been offered the opportunity to offer two amazing events to the public. So we're actually going to... Um, I guess keep it sexy with with our curve appeal. So we're going to do some belly dancing and pole dancing. So I'm trying. I want 50 ladies. So <laughs> I think that's going to be. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do that. And like I said, we are teaming up with Bigger and Better Things Entertainment to do the prom week in April. Um, and we're also looking to maybe do a few local trips. Over the summer, and we're going to have to. We're actually going to join some of our sisterhood chapters to do that, because New York is New York is very close to our Newark, New Jersey chapter, which is right across the water, and then we have our Boston chapter, which is less than three hours away. So we definitely support the sisters that's close to us and and far, virtually. But the ones that's close to us, whenever we have events, we definitely try to team up and join. 
Well, awesome. It sounds like you're doing a lot of good work, and I can't wait to hear about the event. And uh, just keep up the good work. You know, I have love for Project Curve Appeal. Yes, our curvy icon of 2011. Yes. So I definitely support everything the organization does. You do a lot of great things. So keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Denise. We really appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, up next on the show is Monique Frosto, a communications graduate of Cal Poly Pomona. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and is a full-time blogger. Born and raised in Pomona, California, she discovered blogging in 2008 as a way to keep her writing fresh. Little did she know it would become her passion. Her love of shopping and frustration with the fashion world led her to create Curves and Chaos in 2010. Curves and Chaos is a fashion, beauty, shopping, review, and giveaway blog for the curvy woman. She is also a supporter of self-acceptance and promoting a positive body image. She remains active in the blogging community by traveling, attending conferences, and events when she can. Let's welcome Monique to the show. Hi, Monique. Hi, Shanice. How are you? I'm fabulous. And how are you? (laughs) I'm well, thank you. Excited to be on. Thank you very much. So how did you discover the plus-size community and decide to create a blog? Um, Actually, I had, when, in 2008, when I, when I created my first blog, I started a fashion blog, and um, at that time I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> I... You know, after a couple of months, I quit writing that. And then after a few, you know, after a year or so, I kind of caught on to what I was doing and, what, you know, what you're supposed to do with blogs and so-and-so. And I thought, you know what, let me start my fashion blog back up. And I was writing about uh, pretty much straight side fashion. And because I love fashion, I'm inspired a lot by it. And, you know, one day I just sat there and I, I was thinking to myself, why am I writing about clothing that I can't wear, right. and you know, I, like it didn't like it was like my dumb moment, you know, <laughs> and and so I started researching online, and I found you know bloggers online, like you know, and I had actually, um, I think I was already reading like Marie from you know the Curve Fashionista and Sid from Sid Style File, so I'd been kind of reading their blogs a little bit. And so I was just thinking, you know what, I can do this. If I, I love to blog anyways, and right. I love to shop and I love to share, so why don't I just write about the stuff that I actually wear and that I love? And, you know, and my mom is a shopaholic, so <laughs> I'm really good at shopping. <laughs> so that's how it started. And so you got the blog and you're established, and now you recently celebrated your two-year blog anniversary. So what did you do to celebrate? Yes, um, actually I wanted to thank my readers because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know, I just want to thank them because they're always so great and supportive and they're just amazing, amazing women and I just wanted to say thank you to them for, you know, supporting me all these, you know, for two years now. And so I did uh, one giveaway every week in the month of February, and it was so much fun. You know, I had amazing sponsors that came in, and, you know, we did giveaways every week. So that was pretty much how I celebrated. (laughs) Well, that was exciting. It's exciting to just still be good after two years and still going strong. You know what? It doesn't even feel like two years, honestly. Like, it feels like I started yesterday. It really does. Well, the time flies by when you're having fun. (laughs) It does. It does. In addition to being a plus-size blogger, you also created Blogs by Latina. Now, tell me about that. Yes, um, Blogs by Latinas is a blog directory of Latina bloggers worldwide. I started that in 2008, um, you know, when I started blogging. I was curious to find other, you know, Latina bloggers, and I really couldn't find any. So at this point, I'm still not, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I said, you know, I'm going to try and create a place where, you know, if people want to find Latina bloggers, you know, 
this is where they can come. And I did a lot of research online looking for how to build a directory or, you know, what to do. And I just started in 2008, and I literally started by inviting, I think, two or three Latina bloggers that I have that were actually on, you know, online. Mm -hmm. And it is now over 2,000 blogs strong. So, you know, it's, it's from all throughout the world. And literally, you know, we have one in Amsterdam. We have them in France and Spain, a lot from Brazil. Um, Really? All over, all over the world. You wouldn't even believe it. They're from everywhere. <laughs> We're everywhere. And so are the blogs with this directory, are they um, in English and Spanish? Yes, you have English, you have Spanish, you have bilingual. Um, you know, they're just a r- wide range of subjects and topics and everything from fashion and beauty to food and to, you know, um, parenting and teenagers and just anything you can think of, sports, news, politics, anything, everything is there. Wow, that's exciting. Now, being active in two different communities, do you find there are any similarities between the two? Um, you know what? I do. Even within the Latina and within the plus-size fashion, I feel like there's a um, kind of like a sisterhood sort of in a way where it's like we always kind of look out for each other and we want to have each other's back and we want to be supportive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the main um, probably the main thing that I think is similar in both. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, with anything you do, there's always competition, but there's always a core group of women that are very supportive of each other, and I found that in both communities. And doesn't it build your confidence when you're around a group of women that are like you, whether it's with size or ethnicity? It's like it's something empowering about that. It really, it really is. It's it's just that whole thing of, you know, no matter what, like you said, no matter what it is, they have you have that thing in common, and it's it's good to know that somebody knows how you feel, regardless of what the situation is, and especially within the plus community, like the plus size fashion community. Um, you know, we all have the same, pretty much it's, it all comes into A, not being able to find any clothing, you know, B, right. people not understanding what it's like to look at your favorite magazine and no one is above a size two, you know, right. and it's, it's we all know that feeling. So it's just, you know, I love it. I think it's one of the best, actually I think it's better than any other fashion community. <laughs> That's Yay. my opinion, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also had... Um, a blog that was L.A. Fashion, Fashion Bloggers. What happened to that? <laughs> well, really, you know, it was just a, we, we kind of turned it into more of a Facebook group where, um, you know, if we ever wanted to have um, get-togethers or things like that. But I think with uh, just my schedule and everybody this blogging and they're living their lives, it's just so hard to get everybody together at the same time. Yeah. But Sid um, from Sid Style File and I, we really want to do another shopping event. Mm-hmm. So we're actually we're talking about it um, last month that we would like to do something soon. So if you're in L.A. and you're, you know, you love plus-size fashion and you love to shop, then, you know, keep an eye out, and we're definitely going to put something together soon. All right. Well, you definitely got to keep me posted on that. Yes. <laughs> now, besides blogging, you also write for Plus Model Magazine, and as a matter of fact, you're the shopping editor. Now, tell us the type of things you write about for Plus Model Magazine. Well, it's really more um, kind of researching the trends and uh, researching um, just kind of where to find the things. Uh, like, you know, last month, you know, we we did spring trends, so it was like the fringe bags. And so I literally spend hours just researching, going over the Internet, visiting all these sites, just trying to find, um, you know, a wide variety of different prices and different, uh, you know, price points and things like that and um, of the, you know, these items, similar items. And it really is just kind of pointing people in the right direction of where to get these items. Oh, so when it's the pages where it's just images of the the places you can find things in different locations, that's more your alley. Yes. <laughs> that's what oh. I do. <laughs> I love it, though, because I get to see what's out there and it's, it's it's hard though because you don't really I don't really get to do a lot of online shopping so mm-hmm. it's a little hard but I love it. So what are some of your favorite uh, plus size clothing stores and fashion trends right now? 
Um, you know what? I I'm a big supporter of pretty much every um brand out there. You know, I but I personally love because only because I know like these brands personally. I, I love Queen Grace. Um mm-hmm. Marina the the head designer you know, the owner, she's just an amazing woman. I just I love anything that makes a woman feel sexy regardless of you know, who it comes from. And when I wore, I have one of her dresses, and when I wore that, I felt so sexy. So I love her. I love Torrid. I love, you know, Forever 21's plus size line. Um, actually, I, like, I love Moni C. I love everything. I, I don't know. I love everything. <laughs> so do you shop everywhere? Do you shop, like, at Ross and Target, too, and mix it up? Yes, I really do. I was actually at Marshall's yesterday and Ross yesterday and <laughs> Nordstrom Rack and I love Nordstrom's I love I love to shop just anywhere, you know, that has a wide variety of things and it's harder to find, you know, plus sizes in places like that. But if you look hard enough, I think today's styles a lot of items are a little bit bigger and kind of boxier and um, you know, that just that style right now. So you right. could even fit like on the size sixteen slash eighteen depending on what it is. Right. I can even fit in like an extra large of uh, you know, straight size extra large if those items are bigger and, you know, boxier styles. So you just you just try it on just to see. You just don't go by the size on the label. Yes. I used to be that way and then my friend Ivory, she's also a she's a new blogger. Right. She actually uh, I go shopping with her and she is always on me about not trying on even though the the tag says this and not trying it on, you know. She's always on me about that. So recently I've actually just started if I like it, it looks like it's gonna fit, I just try it on. Sometimes it doesn't fit but you know, it doesn't hurt to it really doesn't hurt to try. Hmm, well, that's good advice for shoppers out there. So for those listening who want to get started as a blogger, any advice for uh, up-and-coming bloggers? Um, you know, if I have to give advice, I would just say do a lot of research. Um, don't give up because a lot of people in the beginning, they don't get the results that they want. And, you know, just don't give up. Just don't don't ever forget why you started blogging in the first place. I think sometimes in um you know when we have a passion, sometimes along the way we kind of get a little lost or driven into the wrong direction. But always come back to why you originally started blogging, and I I believe that you'll find that you'll kind of you know rediscover that passion, and just work hard and follow your heart and always just you know do research on what works, what doesn't. I mean, if you want to go into, like, the business side of it, mm-hmm. you, you definitely have to do some research. But, you know, reach out to other bloggers that you like, other bloggers that you follow, ask them for advice. I'm always available, you know, if anybody has any advice about blogging. I'm always around. If I can answer them, I will. If I can't, I, you know, send them where they should go. Um, but always just, just don't give up. I think that's probably the number one thing because in the beginning a lot of us want, you know, the big numbers and the hundred comments. And Right. And, you know, I think bloggers get discouraged when their uh, following yes. just doesn't blow up overnight. But it takes work, right? It does. It really, really does. And I think if, if you can just be personable and people can relate to you, I think that's better than, than anything else. Exactly. Now, do you have anything coming up uh, we can be on the lookout for? Yes, actually, I was just, um, I'm very honored. I was just added as a blogger for the um, Full Figure Fashion Week Fashion Front. I'm very excited for that. That's in June in New York. I'm so excited. I love New York City. And if you're in L.A., I'm actually part of um, 365hangers.com. Uh, they're actually hosting a style-a-thon. It's on March 31st here in L.A., and I am one of four um, bloggers that from Los Angeles that are asked to style for a fashion show. I'm actually the only plus-size blogger that is actually styling three models. And, um, yeah, so that's next weekend. I'm really excited, but I'm really nervous because I've never done anything like this before. But it's supposed to be a great event it's from, like, one to four, and it's it's amazing. It's, so I'm really excited for that. And so, wait, it's a style-a-thon, so it's not a fashion show, so we just come and watch you style people on the spot? Is that how it works? 
Well, actually, it's it's actually like an afternoon of, of shopping, and, you know, they're going to have some complimentary beauty treatments, and, and then there's the fashion show is included oh, okay. um, in the event, and that's where I'm going to style three models for, for that. You are exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And tell us your official website so we can keep up with all the fabulous things you have going on. Um, actually, you can just catch me on curvesandchaos.com. I put everything on there. <laughs> and you're on Facebook and Twitter too, right? Yes, facebook.com slash Curves and Chaos, and my Twitter um, ID is at Curves and Chaos. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. You were nervous, but you did an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was talking really fast, but thank you, Shanice. Oh, so you much. were perfect. <laughs> well, all right, thank girl. You. I will talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. And last but definitely not least is Summer Green. Summer Green is a plus model who has been working in the industry for roughly eight years. Summer had her international debut in Australia when she walked in L'Oreal Melbourne's Fashion Festival for City Chic and posed for Australian designer label Hope and Harvest. She has appeared in ads for Torrid, Ajiji, Curvista, Betty Jean Couture, Diva Styles, Snapjack, and Moonlight Serenade, and has walked for the runways for companies such as Macy's, Lane Bryant, Saucy, Torrid, and Applebottom, just to name a few. In 2007, Summer teamed up with fellow Plus model Miley, and together they created True Curve, a campaign that empowers women to embrace the strength and beauty found in their curves. Through beauty, fashion, and art, True Curves educates and supports all women with curves. And through True Curves came True she Rose, a comic book and 2012 calendar. Let's welcome Summer to the show. Hi, Summer. Hi, how are you? Fabulous. How are you? I'm doing good, good. Trying to stay warm up in the northwest. Uh, it's very cold and ice covered. I'm not uh, used to this. I'm a, you know, I'm an L.A. girl. Right, right. You used to beach weather. Well, yes. Tell us how you got started as a plus-size model. You know, actually for me, I didn't seek out modeling. Um, I'm an athlete since the time I could walk. And once I got injured um, and I couldn't play anymore, I had decided to, you know, I'm just going to try some other things. And one of them happened to be a singing group. And at the time, someone had sent a picture from the singing group into an agency in Beverly Hills, California. I didn't even know you could sing. (laughs) No, not well, I don't sing anymore. I used to be able to sing. Okay. I haven't practiced in a long time. But that's actually how it all started. Someone just took the picture from the group's photo shoot, sent it into the agency, and uh, when the group um, broke up, we just, you know, we, well, we were all friends, so it wasn't anything bad like that. It just we decided to move on. I said, you know what, let me try something else new in life, and I went ahead, called the agency back. They sent me on my first photo shoot, and I was like, wow, I can do this. And that was just that was the end of it. I've been going full full steam ahead ever since. Haven't looked back. And the rest is history. So you've yes, been modeling. Ma'am and building your career, and um, most recently you made an international debut in uh, Australia. Now tell us about that. Yeah, actually what had happened was a friend of mine and fellow model Lola Parker had won the City Chic Challenge that uh, Plus Model Magazine was hosting, mm-hmm. and she got to take along one friend. Right before she found out, we had currently modeled at the Lane Bryant Revolution Show in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and we had met the City Chic designer there. So when we arrived in Australia from her winning this contest, the designer was walking in, and she said, oh, my gosh, Summer, Lola, what are you guys doing here? We didn't know you guys won. And she ran over to the marketing director and said, do you guys know that they're actually models? So they said, well, we oh, so you're here on holiday. Just to, what, just to attend the show in the audience? Yes. Oh. We were just coming as attendees. That's oh. it. Oh. And the designer had left 
models. So when and the designer happened, what you got cut off. Oh, I'm sorry. The designer let them know that we were models. Wow. And so then how did you um, get with Hope and Harvest, that Australian designer? So um, the young ladies with Real Women Australia were mm-hmm. at the show um, and saw us walk, and we met up with them for dinner. Mm-hmm. And they had actually said, hey, you know, I have a couple of designers, some photographers. I think it would be great for you to meet them. Contacted Harvest from Hope and Harvest, and they were ecstatic. And we did this shoot that started off just to be, you know, let's just do a little couple of test shoots and see how it works out. And that turned into being their ad campaign um, for their fall line, which was it was completely amazing because we were literally in the streets of Melbourne, Australia, on the steps of Parliament, in alleyways. It was standing in the middle of the street. It was it was very surreal. Wow. Well, that was awesome. That was like a opportunity just you had to be prepared for because you never know when comes, <laughs> something comes up. Exactly, yes. So um, besides being in front of the camera, you work behind the camera and behind the scenes, too, and you're a fashion show producer, and you've actually been involved with Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. So tell us a little about that briefly. Yes, I work with Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week under uh, a company called The Fashion House, which is in Hollywood, California. And the owner of that company is Jeffrey Ralph, who happens to be a stylist as well. So when I first started modeling, I wanted to learn the ins and the outs. He hired me to do fashion PR, and that actually transitioned into doing um, fashion fashion show production. And we worked with companies like Voom by Joy Han. Um, We actually did Lauren Conrad's um, debut line, uh, Coco, uh, we did Coco Johnson. Her her stuff was a lot of fun. Birds mm-hmm. of Prey. The only thing was, is all of these lines only catered to the straight size market, which I kept trying to fight and say, hey, you know, we can throw in some plus size models in here or something. Didn't quite get that far, but I definitely would love to now branch out and do some plus size fashion show production. So that's something maybe in the future that you're thinking about. Yes, yes but definitely working on that future. You've already become um, an entrepreneur of sorts because you have a True Curves campaign that you created with your friend Molly. Now tell me more about that. True Curves came about from Maylee and I getting together, and we just wanted to spread the word on basically accepting yourself for who you are and having that empowerment and understanding that we're not just saying that there's a difference between plus size and smaller size. We're just saying curvy women in general, you can accept yourself no matter what your size is and about being healthy and just accepting the way you were made in that healthy state. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we just teamed up together. From there it grew on into us doing numerous projects like the pin-up calendar and the True She Rose comic book and the True She Rose calendar and actually coming out, the beginning of this summer, we actually have a swimsuit magazine that we're going to be launching. So we have several things that we just kind of rolled on with and trying to just let women know we use different size women. We've used different colors and creeds to mix it all in to know that we're all equal as one. And so the comic book and the calendar is currently for sale, correct? Yes, the comic book the True Shiro's comic book and the True Shiro's 2012 calendar is currently available on our website, trueshiro's.com. Now, did you start creating these projects to create opportunities for yourself because there are lack of opportunities for you in the industry? The, the projects actually started off just to kind of give back. We were asked, hey, how come you guys don't have calendars out, like swimsuit calendars, like you see, you know, they call them the bucks, like, you know, like cheerleading type looking females. How come plus size women don't have this calendar? And we're not talking about, you know, not not trying to knock the calendars or or magazines or the organizations that have came out 
but it seemed like there was a lack in the middle a of, lack of just diversity. an average size woman. Yes, that shows, okay, if I'm a size 8 or a 14 or a 20, it shouldn't make a difference. It shouldn't be that if I'm a 20, then, you know, I'm the true plus size, and if I'm an 8, I'm just I'm too small to be plus size and too big to be straight size. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to combine it all together. Eventually, mm-hmm. we kept building on that because, yes, we felt that there was a lack of opportunities available for quality, upscale uh, opportunities available in the fashion industry mm-hmm. that could be for this type of this, this type of person. And besides size diversity, you also um, would like to see more diversity for African-American women, because I remember seeing one of your Facebook posts, and it got quite a lot of comments that you felt the plus model industry um, didn't accurately reflect um, the percentage of African-Americans in the community um, in their ads and campaigns. Now tell me a little bit more about that. Yes, I feel that right now that the plus-size community is making a great stride. I mean, we've come a long way and we're getting a lot more publicity. Definitely are being taken a lot more serious outside of just entertainment purposes when it comes to the fashion industry. But I feel that at this point, if we're arguing so much about size acceptance, there needs to be just as much an equal argument about racial acceptance. Mm -hmm. We don't see as many African-American models, plus-size models in particular, that are being seen on the mainstream front. It always has to be that an African-American community has created uh, their own project or their own organization that centralizes around them and has to segregate themselves and create projects for them to work. But yet when I walk into the store to buy my clothes, there's no one who represents me. And if there is an African-American model, she usually is a very fair skin Mm -hmm. and on a smaller size and is not the typical shape of an African-American, the average. Mm-hmm. And actually right now the average size of an African-American woman is a 16, 18. Those mm-hmm. measurements are 43, 37, 46. Wow. That's the size 16, 18 in this industry, and we don't see that when we walk into the store to go purchase anything. And do you think, I would think it would just make sense business-wise because African-Americans spend a lot of money with these plus-size clothing companies. Exactly. Majority majority of the industry's uh, income is going to come from the African-American plus-size woman. If you look at the statistics, which are showing that the average woman in America right now is a size 14, 16, and the average shape of an African-American woman is a size 16, Right. majority of the person who's coming in to purchase the clothes is going to be an African-American woman. Right. Now, I'm not saying that it needs to be all African-Americans in the advertisement. I'm no, just saying that all. we shouldn't see, if I see six plus-size models, five of them shouldn't be Caucasian, and one of them is going to be African-American, and she's a fair-skinned African-American on top of that. Right. <laughs> You don't want one token it, 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 black girl. Exactly. It seems to always be the one token black girl. It, and and actually, right now, there's been a lot of models who are going out to agencies who say they're looking for a model. They meet all the criteria. They say, oh, we love the look, but we're looking for an androgynous ethnic features. You know, mm-hmm. We don't want someone who's black, basically. You're going to pick up the Latina because you can dye her hair blonde and now she looks, you know, maybe she's Caucasian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're going to pick up the Caucasian who can dye her hair different colors. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, an African-American is always going to be an African-American. She can't do (laughs) anything to change her features. Right, right. She can't uh, pass for something else. Exactly. So what do you think we we should do? I mean, just talking about this on the radio show definitely is going to, you know, bring some awareness to it. But what, what do you suggest? I really, I really think at this point that, one, yes, designers can request 
more African-American models. And especially I believe that if African-American models have this curvier shape, which it seems that everyone seems to love their clothes in, that's going to help their market. It's going to make their images and their ads look better. You're also catering to your uh, the market who's spending the most money. And that will actually uh, require for agencies to actually sign more African-American models. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that right now, I mean, you do have people who are pushing uh, projects to kind of combine, but it still is not the same thing as being on mainstream. Right. We're talking on about mainstream the corporate. Market. The corporate mainstream, exactly. top, top. Exactly. And we do have, I mean, it. luckily we do have people like Gwen DeVoe who are doing projects like Full Figured Fashion Week mm-hmm. that are showcasing African Americans actually in a heavier population than they do of um, other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like how do we get from there to being on a Target ad? to being right. in Macy's, on Nordstrom's, Lane Bryant, Ashley Stewart's, Torrid, Forever 21. If you go on to Forever 21 right now, and mm-hmm. if you walk into a Forever 21 store, in the last year and a half alone, can you tell me one time that you've seen any of their products have an African-American girl on their hang tags or any of their posters? I don't think so. You haven't seen it. And it's the same thing with Torrid. How come? Why? Why? Are, why can't we be on there just the same? You're changing your model, but you're not changing how the model looks. They all, they all look the same, and I think it's time for a change. The designer has to realize this and be fair. I think it needs to be fair. Spread it out amongst the whole community. Right. We want diversity in all ways, in size, ethnicity, shape, the total diversity. Exactly. Well, this was a, a great combo. We could go on and on and on, but I don't want to run out of time. Do you have anything else coming up that we can be on the lookout for? I'm definitely working on some new projects. I just recently signed on with Moxie Management in uh, San Jose, California. So we definitely have some new projects that are in the works. So you'll definitely see more from me in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I'm always open and available for more discussions on my Facebook or emailing me, or again, I'm available for hosting, speaking engagements. So there's different things that we'll be pushing forward and me moving out of just being the plus model summer. All right, and tell us your official website. My website is Summer Green, that's S O M M E R, green like the color, dot com. And are you on Twitter? I couldn't find you on Twitter. I will admit that I'm a horrible tweeter, so <laughs> I am on Twitter, but I I don't even remember how to log on or how to use it. So okay. I'm going to work on that, but you can find me on Facebook. On oh, Facebook it is. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope we started a conversation that will continue and uh, continue success in everything that you do. Thank you very much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show or being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook dot com slash plus model radio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curve and be blessed.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.